0: your front door your sanity welcome to success story the most useful podcast in the world i'm your host scott d clary the success story podcast is part of the hubspot podcast network and the blue wire podcast network the hubspot podcast network has incredible podcasts like my first million my first million is hosted by sam parr and sean purry they feature famous guests They discuss how companies made their first million, and then some, they brainstorm new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. Here are some of the topics they talk about. If you like any of these, you will love the show. Three profitable business ideas that you should start in 2022, drunk business ideas that could make you millions, asking the founder of Grammarly how he built a $13 billion company, or SaaS companies that anybody can start. If these topics are up your alley, go check out My First Million. Listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, my guest is Evan Carmichael. Evan is a prolific YouTuber. He's built a community of over 3 million subscribers. Of course, he's done a lot more than that. He's also wrote several books. He speaks globally. The goal of his brand, of of Evan Carmichael, is to inspire a 19-year-old version of himself. So when he was 19 he built and sold a biotech software company a lot of ups and downs going into entrepreneurship at 22 he was a venture capitalist he raised between 500,000 to 15 million dollars for various deals he then started creating content focused on insights uh, lessons advice for that 19 year old evan that was trying to navigate career life entrepreneurship startup business so now Like I said, he has a 3 million plus subscriber community all focused on inspiration and business and entrepreneurship and startup advice. So what did we speak about? Well, we spoke about his story, how he went from big bank, potential finance career into startup land, making $300 a month, barely knowing if he could afford rent or to put food on the table. We spoke about uh, when he... Gave up and when he decided to not give up, and how he ended up the second he decided to not give up, closing the biggest deal of his life at that point, which allowed him to scale his startup, eventually exit it. Then we spoke about uh, after startup life how he just wished that he could have some advice, some some guidance. And at the time, YouTube wasn't what it was. You didn't have the access to the information that we all have access to now. So he started creating content. and He, of course, is an incredible content creator. And then we spoke about some of the things that he's learned as a content creator. So we spoke about identifying your purpose and why it's so important for a content creator to understand who they're serving. We spoke about creating content that resonates, uh, What content actually impacts an audience and uh, how do you build that audience how do you serve that audience what the secret to success is as a content creator and then ultimately Uh, once you've started, which is the hardest part, how do you continue? How do you maintain? How do you grow? And some lessons that he's learned building his community over several years that will hopefully allow some content creators that are listening to this podcast to uh, grow a little bit quicker. And so they don't have to go through all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations that Evan went through. So a ton of great advice on growing a community, creating content, building a brand, what it all means, the mindset and the tactical behind it from somebody who's probably done it better than most and is known as an incredible content creator. So learn from the best. Let's jump right into it. This is Evan Carmichael, serial entrepreneur, content creator, uh, podcaster, author, global speaker. He's done it all. Let's go.
1: Yeah, so high school, I... Had a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies. Uh, I'm 41 years old now, so going back to high school was—it's been a while. But it wasn't—it wasn't a—it wasn't, wasn't a profession. It wasn't a career option. No, my friends weren't talking about being entrepreneurs. I didn't know anybody who was an entrepreneur. You kind of had to be a little crazy, basically un, unemployable to be an entrepreneur. But I had a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies in that I was selling baseball cards and, and doing garage sales and all that kind of fun stuff, and starting my own little tiny businesses that never really went anywhere. But it was kind of in me. Uh, and then in university, you know, if you look at my high school yearbook to before university, it was where you're going to be in ten years. I said VP at a bank
0: because I love
1: <laughs> I loved making money and I love the idea of managing money. And I thought you had to be a banker to make money. You know, totally different world back then. And uh, I got to university and went down the path of becoming an investment banker, my dream job. And also had a chance to join a startup, take thirty percent equity in the company and make 300 bucks a month. And that was the toughest decision of my life, Scott. It's like, I got a chance to go work at Merrill Lynch, my dream job, get paid six figures, travel around, you know, the world doing, doing deals or have 300 bucks a month and 30% ownership in this startup. And, uh, I really wrestled with that. The thing that I decided on was, you know what? I don't know if I'll ever get this chance to be an entrepreneur again. I could get another job. It may not be the same job. It may not be Merrill Lynch. It may not be traveling around the world, but I can get a kind of similar job. I didn't want to live with the regret of not knowing. And so I told myself I'd rather no one fail than not knowing. Even, even if it didn't work out, at least I would know because I, I, I didn't want to be an old man at 40, is what I would tell myself. When I'm 40 <laughs> and life is over and, and you're finished, you know, and you look back on your life, <laughs> you're going to regret not knowing. So uh, that got me into the, in the path of starting my first business. Uh, you know, struggled, failed some of the worst years of my life, eventually built and sold. I don't know how deep you want to go into that stuff, but coming out of high school, I mean, I had a lot of entrepreneurial drives and tendencies, but didn't really know where to put them. And so I'm really grateful that I discovered
0: entrepreneurship. I yeah, I appreciate the story. Actually, you know what? I, I'm not going to go too deep into that story because I've heard that story a lot. And I know that you've told that story before only because only because um, I get a lot of awesome entrepreneurs, but I don't get a lot of people that have built such a strong brand had create so much content. So I think that's like the, the, thing that you got to pull out and you got to teach people because uh, people do build businesses, but not everybody builds a brand like you have built your brand. So uh, I'm curious, your mindset when you're going into uh, starting a YouTube account, is that a side hustle? Is that something that you just uh, thought would be a hobby? Uh, was it purposeful? Was it not? Where, what was the mindset when you first started this out?
1: So I'm a big believer that your purpose comes from your pain, that whatever you struggled the most with as a human is what you want to help other people with. And so I struggled so much as an entrepreneur myself, I wanted to make the path easier for other entrepreneurs. Right. It's still what I'm doing now, like 20 years mm-hmm. later, 22 years later, whatever, making videos, being on here with you, Scott is trying to help the 19 year old Evans of the world out there. Cause there are millions of those people right now. I went to YouTube because I'm a visual person. I like to see, I like to see something. And at the time I had a popular website off, Just evancarmicle.com we had a hundred thousand plus pages of content we had huge people writing for the website but i i i can read it's okay but i'd rather see a video and video was just starting to emerge and be a thing and so i thought i would go to youtube and just start making some videos i i never expected it to blow up like being youtube famous wasn't a thing and if you went to youtube in 2009 when i uploaded my first video it was it was all sorts of stupid videos man falls downstairs here's my cat like just really stupid things there was no education videos no entrepreneurship videos not really and so i did it just because i thought it might help a few people you know i I never people say how did you know like i didn't know i was i'm not that smart i didn't know what youtube was going to become i just i liked video and i wanted to be there and my first video in the first year of it being up had three comments one was my mom, one was my sister, and one was some random guy so it was like i didn't I didn't hit a big out of the gate it took five years or something to get to five figures in in subscribers um, so it took a long long time. I was doing it because uh, i I thought it would help a few people my my business was my website and my passion was helping create content on youtube and ultimately things i I stuck around long enough that Things started to happen, fortunately, but I didn't know that this is where it was going to be.
0: So you 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 did this you did this and and you built this from the pain that you experienced and you wanted to teach and you found that medium. Um, is there a process that you've reverse engineered? If you if somebody was looking to create content to to build a brand, um, what is that? What is the way to find your purpose as a content creator? So somebody could be a little bit more purposeful with their actions from day one because that would probably expedite their process
1: yeah so recognize first of all that a brand is an emotion a brand is how you want people to feel when they're around any of your stuff whether they're buying your merch it's like how do i feel when i put this on or if i'm putting on some michael jordans how am i going to feel when i put those on if i'm watching your content how do you want me how do you want to make me feel like your interview scott how do you want people to feel when they're watching and listening to your interviews
0: enlightened uh motivated um, educated, uh, passionate, like just like light a fire and feel like they can go do whatever they want to go do it's yeah, probably so very people... similar to your audience to be honest like same same idea
1: yeah and listen if you had if people had that clarity in terms of yeah. jumping into making content that I want people to feel enlightened like if we run with yeah. that I want people to feel enlightened when they watch my video most of the time when we get in front of a camera to press record, we're worried about how am I looking? Am I wearing the right thing? Is the light okay? Am I in focus? What is? What am I even going to be saying? I, I forgot my lines. And even if you end up having the perfect words, if they don't have the emotion behind it, they won't land. Where having the emotion with imperfect words will land. So if the goal before going into any interview or any piece of content is I really want the people listening to this to feel enlightened and empowered, it it just changes how you show up. It changes the content direction. It changes the guests that people invite on their shows. It changes the picture that you post to Instagram. So your brain is an emotion. Mine is believe. If people figure out what that is, it it relieves a lot of pressure and also gives a lot more clarity for what to do next. So I think that's the starting point. Like, what do you stand for? What do you want your brand to be? What is the one word emotion that you want to permeate everything you make? In terms of purpose, well, now we need to apply that to the people who who are exactly like who you used to be, right? Your purpose is to help people who currently are who you used to be. I'm still making content for 19-year-old Evan because there are millions of people out there who are 19-year-old Evan. And they need help, they need guidance, they need support, they need wisdom, they need inspiration. And that's who I'm making my content for. I, I can help anybody believe, and there's a lot of people who watch my content who are entrepreneurs, and that's awesome. But I, I feel most connected to the people who are struggling to get their business off the ground because that's when I had the the biggest pain point in my life. And it's just recognizing that your journey, your story has value and that you're, we're not where we want to be. Like I'm not done growing. Scott's not done growing. Like neither of us are where we ultimately want to be. And a lot of people will then use that as, well, I'm, I'm no Tony Robbins or I'm no whoever. So I'm not even going to try, but you could go back and help the person that you used to be. I can go back and sit on a park bench and talk to 19 year old Evan, give him some knowledge that will, that will help him. And that becomes the exercise then that every time that you you're climbing a mountain and you're trying to get to the top, and you never want to get to the top because that means you're done growing, but you're climbing, 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 hopefully every day. If you listen to Scott's show, you're gonna climb and learn more every day. But every time you take a step up, you then reach back and pull to help somebody else get to where you're at. And most people are stuck still at zero. Most people are stuck at just taking the first step. And so they can be inspired by your story, they can learn from you. And knowing that you've been through what they are going through gives them the hope and the belief that maybe they can get out of the hole they're into.
0: I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode HubSpot. Now as a leader, you're always on the lookout for more ways to arm yourself with knowledge, the books, the seminars, and most importantly, the podcasts that help you make the best possible decision for you, your company, your customers, because when you know more, you can apply more and you can grow. With HubSpot's CRM platform, you can store, track, manage, and report on all the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers. With a bird's eye view over all your customer interactions, HubSpot empowers your decision making like never before, so you can give your business and your customers all the good you've got. Learn how to make your business grow better at HubSpot.com. If somebody is starting, so Evan, you're starting day one. What is the advice that you give to somebody so that they make it past this, this initial hump so that they feel comfortable taking the first step? And then once they take the first, I know it's going to be a two-part question, which is an, a, a dick move on my part. But what, what, so what's the advice to get them to take the first step? And then once they take that first step, what's the advice to maintain continuity, maintain momentum? Do it for five years so they see the result.
1: So when you're first getting started, expect to suck. Just expect to suck. Expect it to be terrible. Expect your first interview to suck. Your first video to suck. Just expect it. Expect your camera to break and the sound not to record and you you being a nervous you know 100%. just wreck. Just expect to suck. It doesn't mean that you suck as a human. It just means that you don't have the skill set yet. Well, how do you get the skill set? You, you practice. Like don't. This is this is the problem for a lot of people. Is they'll look at people don't expect to be great. You know, like if you're starting the show. Whoever your heroes are, Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss or whoever, Larry King, like who we think are the best interviewers of all time. Great. You can look at them and say, well, I don't think I'm going to be as good as them yet. Like I might on a long enough horizon, but I'm not going to be as good as them. Those are the A-plus category. Great. But you can easily think to yourself, okay, if they're A-plus, I'm probably like a B-minus right now. You know, like I, I I ask great questions. I'm curious. I think I could do that. And then you go and you do your first show. And you realize you're not a B minus, you're, you're a D minus. Like It's just way worse than you thought because when you go live, you freeze up, you're deer in the headlights, ask the wrong question, stumble, look back and say, oh my gosh, I didn't do anything that I thought I was going to do. And you just realize that you're way worse than you thought you were going to be. And that's where most people quit. Like They make one or they try to make the first one and then they look back and say, this is terrible. I guess I suck at this and it's not for me. I'm not as good as I thought I was and they never keep going. Expect to suck. Again, it means you're amazing as a human because you tried. And if you keep keep trying and keep improving, keep getting better, you will not suck anymore. So that's where a lot of people struggle. They know what looks good, they feel they can make it, they can't at the beginning, and so they stop trying. In terms of keeping going, how do you keep going when you're struggling and and failing and not seeing the results? People ask me this all the time. Where you know, it took me five years to get to five thousand subscribers or whatever. Close numbers like that, where a lot of people on uh, they're they're hitting that in the first few months, it took me five years to get there. I like sharing the journey because it's it's great to see three million whatever now, but five years five thousand subscribers uh what kept me going through those days was I always focus on who I was serving instead of who I'm not. Most people will focus on who they're not serving, and that game never ends, right? I have three million subscribers, why is it, why isn't it four or five? For
0: 10. Dive, like, dive deeper into that concept. That's very interesting. I, what do you mean by they're focusing on the people that they're not serving? So, if I'm at 3 million subscribers, yeah. most people who
1: are even at my level are thinking, well, I should be at five. I should be at seven. I should be at 10. I should be at Understood. like the net. We're focused on who we don't have. We're focused yeah. on, and that's great goal oriented, like, hey, where we're going next. But if you focus too much on that, it's actually really depleting of your energy. So, if at the beginning you get you get five views on your video. You get 50 views on your video. Think, like, wow, I only got 50 views? I spent so much time and energy and effort. I thought it was actually decent and only 50 people watched it. We're focused on who we're not having, right? Why isn't it 500 or 5,000 or whatever a meaningful number is that you thought you would have? And as our standards get higher, we keep increasing that number, right? If I get 5,000 views on a video, that's a failure. Where at the beginning, it's like, oh my God, 5,000 views. So how I've always just approached it and maybe it was because at the beginning there was no such thing as being youtube famous was i just focus on who i was serving that if i had 50 people watch the video like 50 people watch this video yeah like if you were to go give a speech at a library or or ymca or something people. If 50 people showed up you'd be pretty That's amped true. you'd be pretty nervous you know your first speaking gig like, oh my it's a good night it's a good yeah it's it's, a good, i mean it's yeah. great right 50 people showed up to listen to you but because it's online we We feel like that's nobody and 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 it doesn't matter, and it doesn't it doesn't hit anybody. you know assume that for one of those fifty people, your video is a life changing video. The message you're speaking is having a major impact not on everybody but at least one person in those fifty. Maybe your words, the way you said it today, with your tone and your story actually punctured through where other people haven't like they heard your message, even if they don't leave a comment to tell you what an impact that it's had. And if you focus on the 50 people you are serving instead of the, you know, all the people that you're not, it does two things. One, it makes you feel like you're doing work that matters. It makes you feel like your work is meaningful. And, and at the end of the day, we all want to wake up and feel like we're going to do something meaningful. If you wake up and feel like it doesn't mean anything if we show up or not today, then you're not, that's the path to stress, depression, anxiety, suicide, because we feel like we don't matter. But if you woke up today and felt like today's going to matter, it's going to mean something. I look at my calendar. I see Scott in the calendar. It's like, yes, let's go. It's going to be a great day, guys. Uh, Then that's the path to, to purpose and fulfillment and happiness. So focusing on who you are serving makes you feel better and gives you more energy and happiness to pour into your creative projects. It also has a funny effect where if you focus on who you are serving, they take you to the people who you're not. If you love on your current community, and they, they feel that love and they're going to reciprocate it and take you to their friends. Say, hey, have you listened to Scott's show? It's amazing. This guy cares so much. He invites these great guests on, asks amazing questions, right? They will take you to the people who you're not serving. So that was the thing that got me going. It was the, that kept me going. It was not, oh, I didn't get 500 views on this video, so I'm going to quit. Like, no, 75 people watch this video. I'm having an impact. Keep going.
0: That is a great dovetail into, well, you kind of answered it, but that was, I always love asking people why they named their book, what they named their book, mm-hmm. and that sort of ties it all together. So you, you, you actually wrote a book called Built to Serve, and that's why that's such a central theme in what's made you successful. So it's always, it's always focusing on who you already have. And I think that's actually, I've never heard a phrase that way. And I think that most people don't look at growing social audiences that way at all. It's almost like always looking in, internally versus outwards. That's.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what, Scott, I, I, I didn't I didn't I couldn't vocalize it as well when I first got started. So if we had this interview back in 2009 when I was first getting I wouldn't have been able to say it as clearly as that. But what I what I found over the years was and I've been around for a long enough time that you start to you know hear stories. A lot of the people who have watched my videos, they would go. Years and never leave a comment and never tell me the impact that the video had. I remember this one woman who uh, um, had cancer and she was in the hospital and having her treatments. And every every time it was painful, she would pull up an iPad and watch one of my videos for inspiration. And and she told me that she had one really really painful day and she just wanted to quit, like just end it. I'm done. This is too much pain. I'm not. I don't want to live like this anymore. And her mom came in and she said, that's not happening. Who's that guy that you watch on YouTube again? Like, what's his name? Where well, you're going to watch a video right now from his channel. And she pulled up the iPad and showed it to her and, you know, helped her get through another day. And um, we did an episode on her show and she was telling me this story. And this had happened four or five years before we did the interview on her podcast. And I had never known, like she never left a comment on my videos. Mm-hmm. She'd never written an email to say thank you. And now four to five years after this whole thing happened, she's telling me face to face how much of an impact my content has played in her life. So we tend to default that if, unless people leave gushing comments on our videos, or we get tons of views, that it's not having an impact and it doesn't matter. Where I've seen enough of those stories come back that it's like, hey, if, if 50 people watched it, For one person, that could be a life-changing video. And if you can actually hold on to that, actually capture that and feel that, that for at least one person, this message is is life-changing for them. That's what will fill you up and give you the the motivation, energy, hope, encouragement to keep going on the content.
0: I just wanna take a second to thank the sponsor of today's episode, swag.com. Now, you know, if you've ever received a corporate gift or swag in the past, how many of those gifts did you actually keep? Probably not many which is probably because the stuff that you got was not so great. I've gotten uh, like a lot of stuff from trade shows and from companies in the past that I've just thrown out the second I get it. So this is why you need to check out swag.com. I've been on the receiving end of getting garbage gifts. I've also worked in companies where I only had access to a really, really small inventory of stuff that I wanted to give my customers and my employees. And I knew that it wasn't going to resonate. I knew that it was going to suck. So what is swag.com? Well, it's like swag upgraded it's the best place to buy custom gifts and swag that people will actually want to keep so they sent me a box because obviously they're sponsoring the show and i wanted to see what it's all about I, you know i've worked in businesses i want to make sure that the quality of their stuff actually was up to my standards because i can tell you right now that when i get garbage it goes right into the trash it like it really goes right into the trash the second i go back from the trade show or the conference or whatever so i received one of the custom swag boxes from swag.com I loved the unique packaging, so it was a beautiful unboxing experience. Uh, I love the actual products they sent me, and there's a whole bunch more that obviously they didn't send me, but the stuff that they did send was absolutely beautiful. It was very high quality, and I can only imagine that if I actually got this when I was working for companies, I probably would have actually used it. And to be honest, I'm going to start using them for people that work on my show and in my company as well because I know that this isn't just... Uh, a novelty gift that somebody's gonna throw, it's stuff that they can actually use. They have so many unique and customizable gifts that I've never seen anywhere else. They have custom yoga mats, they have custom Apple AirPods, they even have branded kayaks, which I did not know was a thing. So they carry all these premium brands like North Face, Yeti, Nike, and more. And it's all customizable with your company's logo. Or artwork Uh, with swag.com they take care of all of your swag at their warehouse and they ship it to individual addresses or if you prefer uh, you can just send it to a bulk location in one single shipment it's easy to manage uh, from their online portal which you obviously get access to so if this is something that you think would benefit you if you have clients or customers, or a team, and you want to go the extra mile and you actually want to give gifts that people appreciate, which is the whole point of giving these gifts in the first place, go to swag.com uh, for the perfect swag and custom gifts. Right now, they're giving everybody who's a Success Story podcast listener a special offer. It's 10% off your entire order. But only when you go to swag.com slash success and enter promo code SUCCESS10. Remember, for 10% off, Go to swag.com slash success and use promo code success10. Incredible. Okay, I also like to highlight that obviously every journey is not so easy. So failures, pick pick failures that you've had. How did you navigate those? How did you circumvent the, those? Like, How did you, in the darkest point in any point in your life, it could be personal or professional, how did you navigate that and then get through it? So
1: the, the biggest failure I had was I quit on my business partner. So the this is why I, I try to encourage people to keep going and believe and all, because that was me, because I needed it. Because 20-year-old Evan that badly needed that message. We were not having success. I was a year in on this business. I turned down my dream job to to take this you know company opportunity. All my friends were, were getting rich, doing all this stuff. And I was too poor to go hang out with them. And I was too embarrassed to tell them that I was broke, right? It's, they want to hang out. And I can't because 20 bucks for pizza and beer and then like bowling night or whatever would be too much. Right. And so I said, I can't. I'm hustling. I'm living the entrepreneur life. You know, not not I like that. I can't. I make 300 bucks a month, guys. I can't afford this. So at some point, it just got to a breaking point where I can't handle this anymore. You know, I'm 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 busting my butt like every day. Wake up. It's dark. I go to my partner's condo. It's dark. I leave and go home, right? Bean salad for lunch every day, just day in, day out. If you weren't working hard and you're not getting results, that's fine. You can kind of understand. But when you're grinding every single day, all day, and have no other life, and you're still not getting results, I don't know. I think at some point it just beats you down this to say, to, to, I can't take this anymore. And so at a family event, I um, it was Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever um, – I told my business partner, like, I can't do this anymore. I need, I need to feel like I'm a valuable person, <laughs> uh, and just this isn't working. And so I, I quit. And then I, I cried like crazy. Had stuff come out of my eyes, my nose. Uh, you know, I was just totally lost. And um, the next day, I woke up and felt I can't quit yet because I'm going to regret if I quit now. I know again when I'm an old man at 40, I'm going to regret this life changing decision. But I can't keep going the way that I'm going. I have to find something else because this is not working as it is. And that's where I had a aha moment at, kind of at my bottom, which was, I'm not the first guy to try to build software before and sell it. Like, who's done this? And the first guy I thought of was Bill Gates, who started Microsoft. So I thought, OK, how did Bill Gates do it? Oh, I'm going to learn his story. And maybe there's something I can learn from it. And. And I did. I looked at how Microsoft got started. Not, not how did he make a mix, an extra million dollars now? Like, who cares? You know, makes a million dollars a second just just sitting around. How did he go from zero to one? That's what I wanted to do. And I looked at a story and copied that strategy. And shortly after, I had my first deal for $13,500 in my business. And, um, you know, grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of money. But holy cow, when you're making three hundred dollars a month, and you get a 13 a and a half deal. K deal, <laughs> my dude, it's, 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 a, um, I was rich. Like I won the lottery. Um, you know, I have, I have, I have dollars hitting my bank account. Uh, I felt rich and more important is like, hope, like, Oh my gosh, something finally worked. Like maybe this could actually happen light at the end of the tunnel And And then I just modeled that strategy to keep getting more and more and more growth. And so, if you think about what do I do now, like what saved me back then modeling success? I don't have to be the guy to figure it all on my own. I can model somebody who's done it. What have I done for the past 20 plus years is teach people how to model success. You know, I'm like, I'm still talking to 19 year old Evan profiling famous people and say, here's what you can learn from them to apply to your situation.
0: You know, it's funny though, like you've always, you've always gone into situations, like, well, I guess in the software company you did have people you could model, but when you were starting your own brand and you were creating content, I don't think there was a model, but you still figured it out.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great point, Scott, and I, and I think that's why it took so long.
0: Fair, you know that I that I didn't model
1: somebody. I think I think you could like people ask me who's your who's your hero or who do you want to be most like, and my answer is Princess Di. Uh, that that's my that's my model, and I I just like there's a lot of things about her that I think can apply. How does it apply to like my twenty twenty two you know business YouTube etc. That's that's the challenge. But I think if I applied it earlier to my situation, it wouldn't have taken me five years to get 5,000 subscribers. I would have been able to get there a lot faster. Um, every time I haven't known what to do and I ask myself, who's done this before? And maybe you can talk to them, but I didn't have any connection. So I, like, I'm like i not calling up Bill Gates to say, hey, Billy, um, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but But the bigger they are, the more their stories are out there for you to learn. And so if I was smart enough to go back and say I'm building a brand like the, the idea of a brand Scott was not something that was in my vocabulary you know I wasn't thinking about it that wasn't anyone's all. vocabulary it's yeah, kind of new put in the, the past up some content. few years. you know I'm going to make yeah. some videos and hopefully help somebody right that was really the start so if you know there were no big parallels in YouTube but I could have pulled from other other people who were um, who were big at the time I could have pulled from Oprah who had her TV show I, I could have pulled from people if I if I had the smarts or the role models, I guess, to think about it. Um, so again, like this is what I'm trying to help people. You don't have to take some, as long as some... I did to get here. You can go a lot faster.
0: Um, one more question on, on content creation and I wanna do a couple of rapid fire cause I wanna respect your time too. But um, last question on content creation. Um, somebody's starting day one, no resources. They, they wanna start putting content into the world. What is the number one thing to think about? Is it process? Is it you? You mentioned some mindset things, but the actual doing. If they're going to start today, what advice would you give them?
1: You you pull out your phone. You know, if you go on YouTube, you turn it sideways, and you press <laughs> record, <laughs> right? Like I think it depends on the industry that you're gonna, you know, what your niche is. I I specialize in education, thought leadership, um, specifically entrepreneurship, personal development. If that's you. Then people over focus on like quality content they think of quality of production, the mm-hmm. camera you use, the microphone you use, the lighting the editing, the, the, yeah. and and that barely matters like inside of thought leadership education, what matters most is quality of thought. Can you teach me something that I don't know? Your job as a thought leader is to take what's in your head and plant it into your audience's head now if you're if you're a videographer. Uh, then yeah you're real better look fire if you're a videographer i don't want to see a bunch of youtube videos with like shaky hand on your cell phone right i mean you're not going to get hired for that but if you're a speaker you're you're you want to be an expert you're a coach you're a trainer um you're selling consulting then it's it's not so much about how good it looks it's more about how good you are and we overthink and overanalyze and overprepare and overscript all of our videos if you thought about how much time you spent and I, I mean, I'm guilty too. Go back and watch my first videos. I did all the same mistakes everybody else did as well. My first video, I'm in, a, I'm sitting down. I'm in a suit, super uncomfortable. We have the perfect setting and lighting and all this stuff behind us. And and that was not that video was not fire. I mean, it's it's taken off because it's my first video and people want to see what video number one is. But it's not like it was some amazing video uh, because I suck because I was nervous and I didn't have a great message. So. The most important thing is just get the phone out and imagine.
0: I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money, and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there, juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own cost and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle indeed.com slash clary terms and conditions apply if you need to hire you need indeed
1: imagine you're not speaking to a lens but imagine you're speaking to a human and it can either be yourself like you're going to sit down with i would sit down with 19 year old evan and like here's what you need to know 19 year old evan replace the camera lens with a person's face or an actual friend of yours i used to there was an entrepreneur friend of mine who was always seemed to be struggling and so instead of seeing the lens i would see him and i'd be mm-hmm. talking just to him and when you can do that, that's how you get real and authentic and vulnerable and all of our buzz phrases, because it feels like you're talking to a human instead of just the camera lens.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. Good, good advice just to get started. And I, and I like that. I like that idea of of replacing that that camera with the person, because all the best conversations that I've ever had, and I'm sure you do it too. Well, now you've done it a lot, but when you just off the cuff just shoot the shit with a friend, that's by far the best advice you're ever going to give, ever, ever, ever. Um, okay, let's do a couple rapid fire, but most importantly, most importantly, where do people go consume more of your content? Drop a couple handles, uh, website, wherever you want to send people.
1: Uh, you know, I'm Evan Carmichael everywhere. You can probably find me, whatever platform <laughs> okay, you're on. That works. That I think works. the, I mean, how many episodes of this have you done, Scott? Uh,
0: 250.
1: Yeah. Oh, th- this is 250.
0: No, not this one in particular. I've recorded 250. I don't know which one this is, though. This oh. is this is in there. This is yep, so I yep. can make it 250. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yes, I like yep, I I, like
1: I want to be those. I like the milestone numbers. Okay, guys, this is episode 250. Whether you are new to Scott's uh, show or this is your first episode, the greatest thing you can do is go go leave a comment or go leave a review for this episode. Where are people like YouTube or or iTunes or what's both. The, what's both, both actually. Yeah. Wherever you're yeah. listening, if you're on iTunes just leave a leave a five star review, give some feedback. And if you're on YouTube, leave a comment and let Scott know what's up. You'd be surprised at how much that helps. Uh especially mm-hmm. the iTunes reviews for for getting exposure. It's it's a lot of work to make 250 videos, guys, right? This isn't just, yeah, I'm going to just show up <laughs> and hopefully, you know, make some good content. So the best thing you can do for me is if you enjoyed any of this content, go give Scott some love on uh, on iTunes or YouTube. So uh, more people can get access to all of his guests and his wisdom too
0: thank you man that was actually super cool no one's ever done that before i appreciate the shout out that's very very cool okay let's do a couple rapid fire then we'll then we'll wrap this thing up it's also Um, because i
1: remember me back at the beginning i know at the beginning but it's like man every comment i got i just oh man i got a comment
0: (laughs) you're not you're not wrong you're not wrong Mm -hmm. like like my like the it's a podcast so it definitely takes off a little bit more on on like itunes spotify but yeah for sure on youtube like right now starting on about like 20k 20k subs like it's like it's it means a lot like it means yeah. it means like a lot to a creator when you show a little love and actually i try and sort of take that to heart when i have friends that put out content and i'm trying to like support everybody i i just go through my friends list when they post anything it's just commenting sharing everything i have a yeah, couple listen, friends that do a lot is of a second stuff. second like, action item for yeah.
1: your audience like one yeah. go give scott some love on itunes or youtube but two look at look at who you like to look at whose content you like to mess with in, in YouTube, Instagram, wherever you're spending a lot of time and look at who's a small account, like leaving a comment on my channel is awesome, but I'm probably not going to see most of them at this point. My team does, uh, leaving a comment on, on Joe Rogan's channel or whatever, it's probably not going to be ever seen by the creator, but look at the channels who are smaller than you or who, you know, are just getting, and you genuinely like their stuff. And just give them give them a little bit of love, just tell them how much their stuff means to you, like like the woman who was watching my videos in a hospital, and she never told me. Just tell the people who are smaller than you what their content means to you. That comment I'm telling you could be the difference between them quitting and them keeping on for another month, and then their big break happens like your your eight seconds to leave a comment on that person's video or post could be the difference between them quitting. Millions of creators out there right now are on the verge. Today they will quit and never post again. And your comment could be the difference for them. So that's a little bit extra homework.
0: Preach! I love it. Okay, uh, you touched on this quick, but um, biggest challenge you've overcome in your own personal life. What was it? Had you overcome it? Was that that still same example? If so, we can move on. Or
1: yeah, like just the deciding, the, the deciding, yeah. not to quit on the business, but deciding which path to go. Do I become okay. an entrepreneur and take this big gamble, or do I? Take this job that i thought i always wanted and the two lessons that i like the modeling success lesson i learned at 20 and i still use today and the i'd rather fail and know than not know basically live a life with no regrets was at 19 and still those are the filters through which i make decisions now
0: amazing okay uh there's been many people that have had an impact on your life pick one person and what did they teach you
1: uh i mean i pick my parents they're behind me on my wall here there's a picture. I guess for the audio listeners, you can't see, but I've got five giant canvases. These are half human size, and I've got a picture of of me when I'm eight or nine, and then my mom and my dad above me. And I see them every day when I walk into my office. And and they're not entrepreneurs, and they didn't teach me anything about entrepreneurship or business, but they taught me how to be a human. And they would always tell me, "You're Evan Castrilli Carmichael. You can do anything you believe that you can." And um, yeah, it's just I'm really just pumping what my parents gave me out into the entrepreneur world.
0: Amazing. Uh, A book, podcast, audible, something you'd recommend people go check out that has a Scott's show. Let's go guys. Come on. Why are
1: you not on there? Come on. (laughs) Subscribe. Give some five-star reviews. Let's give Scott some love.
0: All right. We'll keep that one. We'll keep that one. I appreciate it. Um, Okay. If you could tell your 20 year old self one thing, what would it be?
1: Believe. Believe that you can. Believe that it will work out. Believe that you can. You can figure out the skills to get there, believe, 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 believe that someone like you can do it.
0: And last question, what does success mean to you?
1: Uh, What does success mean to me? I'm I'm not really a definitions guy, but I think feeling like what I do matters every day is what we're all chasing. So if I woke up, I I genuinely enjoy what's in my calendar. And I feel like I'm going to do something that's going to mean something either to the world or to you know, the closest people to me, like my wife, I think that's success.